the term fluid describes both liquids and gases. While a non-Newtonian fluid is something in between a fluid and a solid state, this time we will talk about something that is fluid for. Sure. What is it that actually defines a fluid? Matter, such as water, exists in different phases, solid, liquid, gaseous or as a plasma. The actual phase depends on the pressure and the temperature. These phases are caused by forces that act between the different molecules of a type of matter. Water molecules can attract each other and form a solid crystal. Solid matter can neither easily change its form nor its volume. But as soon as the water molecules average energy, and this is what we define as temperature, is too large, it breaks the bindings and the molecules can move. That's why you can deform liquid water. But the water molecules are still packed closely, that's why you cannot compress it. If you increase the temperature further, the molecules will no longer stay together closely, they will be free. And as this distance can be decreased by applying an external pressure, you can compress a gas. If the temperature is further increased, the electrons will even be ripped off from the rest of the atoms. This state is called a plasma. Getting back to fluids, we can classify them, next to their elementary properties, by their behavior. Fluids conduct heat, for instance. Some do more, some do less. This effect can be quantified via the thermal conductivity. Sometimes you want to minimize it, for example to keep your house warm during winter. Then you pick materials with small thermal conductivity, which do not transport the heat outside. The lowest thermal conductivity you can think of as a vacuum, zero. But there are also cases where you want materials with large thermal conductivity, for example to transport heat away quickly too. Prevent damages to machines which get heated up. Copper and silver for example have values of thermal conductivity about 400 watts per meter and per second. Next to the thermal conductivity, you might be interested in a fluid's viscosity. The viscosity tells you how thick your fluid is. The more viscous a fluid is, the slower it moves. A physically more precise definition than thick is that viscosity defines the resistance against shear stress. For a great example of this, think about how water and honey behave. A funny side remark, if you are looking for something with a really large viscosity, take pitch. An experiment, started in 1927, is measuring the rate at which pitch drops out of a funnel. Since the beginning of the experiment, only nine drops made it. And only the last falling drop was recorded via webcam. This experiment, which is still running, made it into the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest-lasting lab experiment on Earth. But back to fluids. Let us talk about a special one, helium. Helium atoms consist of two protons and two neutrons in the nucleus as well as two electrons. We find a lot of helium inside the sun, as it is the product of nuclear fusion, the process that heats it. The helium that we can find on Earth does not originate from the sun. It comes from decaying radioactive elements inside the Earth's crust, such as uranium. During such radioactive decays, alpha particles are emitted. These are already the nuclei of helium atoms and just need to capture two more electrons from the surrounding Earth crust. You can extract helium from natural gas. It is used for a variety of things, if you inhale it, you will sound like Mickey Mouse as the speed of sound in helium is about three times larger than in air. As its density is also lower than air, it is a popular balloon gas. Helium balloons can fly, but they cannot burn. That is actually its big advantage compared to hydrogen, which could also make balloons fly but is much more reactive, and hence flammable, than helium. The most popular usage of 
Helium, however, is cooling. If you've ever seen an MRI scanner in a hospital, the coils of its electromagnets are cooled with helium. Also, the world's biggest particle accelerator is cooled with helium. Speaking of cooling, what does actually happen if you cool helium? At the beginning of the chapter we talked about phase transitions. So sooner or later during cooling, gaseous helium should become liquid. This transition is called condensation. This does indeed happen, but while our good old water condensates below 212 degrees Fahrenheit, or 373 degrees Kelvin, helium will remain gaseous down to 4 degrees Kelvin. You see, there is not much room down to absolute zero for helium to become solid. Indeed, it has to be colder than 1 degree Kelvin. But at normal conditions it will not turn solid, only if you increase the pressure to 25 times the atmospheric pressure. Surely, this is quite impressive. Certain materials will turn into a special quantum state when cooled below a certain temperature, they will become superconducting. This means that they lose all their electric resistance. If helium gets colder than 2 degrees Kelvin, it turns into a so-called superfluid. Similar as in superconductors all electron pairs behave as a single particle, all helium atoms of a superfluid can be described by a single wave function. So what? You might think. But this leads to very interesting changes in helium's properties. The thermal conductivity describes how fast temperature can be transported. The hot part of a material has atoms which move fast. By colliding with their neighboring atoms, they transfer their velocity to them. Now imagine shaking a single wave, function, at one end. The reaction on the other side will follow immediately. Think of a stiff wave that you shake on one end. The reaction on the other end will follow immediately. So heat, represented by movements of the matter's atoms, will immediately be transported from one end to another. That's why the thermal conductivity of a superfluid is infinite. What about a superfluid's viscosity? While the friction of electrons in a conductor leads to electric resistance, the friction of layers in a fluid leads to a viscosity. And the same way as the electric resistance disappears completely, superfluids suddenly get rid of their viscosity. Imagine viscosity less honey on your spoon. How long could you balance it? But it's not only the balancing on a spoon that gets pretty tough for a superfluid. Even if you put it into a cup and place it on a table, it will not stay there. The Unz effect, named after the physicist Heike Kammerling Unz, describes what will happen, the superfluid will crawl up the cup and crawl down to the ground. While this is impossible for normal fluids, the superfluid can crawl upwards as the forces with which the fluid sticks to the wall are larger than the gravitational force. And as there is no more friction within the fluid, no viscosity, a thin film of the superfluid will cover the cup and make its way to the place of lowest potential energy, as a ball rolls down a hill, which is down the table. The Unz effect also makes it very difficult to store ultracold liquid helium. Wherever there is just a very small hole in the helium vessel, it will always find its way out. Submit a form.